Continuing our farm system previews, we're looking at the Detroit Tigers, an organization that's had mixed results when it comes to drafting in the last few years. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. And today's episode is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the Locked On Podcast Network and the NFL. So the Detroit Tigers have had a, some challenges Recently, if you go back in the draft from 2016 through 2021, their top three draft picks by war are John Schreiber, signed in the 15th round for $6,000, Casey Mize, a number one overall pick, and Tariq Skubal, a ninth rounder in 2018, and his career war is 2.9. So, you're in, you're not getting a lot out of your draft picks and then your international free agent classes haven't been great and guys aren't necessarily getting significantly better when they enter the system you understand why there's a whole new player development group in place and why a lot of like why the whole regime changed hands so we saw the debuts last year of Riley Green and of Spencer Torkelson, and neither one of them lived up to expectations. There were injury concerns and things like that. But it's just kind of emblematic. Like that's a microcosm of the Detroit Tigers and their what they've done with player development and their farm system recently. Looking at the top prospects, there are some guys to be excited about. So right-hand pitcher Jackson Jobe, I've got as the number one uh, prospect in this system. Uh, 2021 first rounder out of high school. I hope I'm saying his name right. Jackson Jobe. 6'2", 190. Gotten 21 games last year between low A and high A. 3.84 ERA in 77 and a third innings with 81 strikeouts, so 9.4 per nine, to 30 walks, 3.49 per nine with 14 home runs allowed. So his stuff is very, very good. He legitimately has four pitches that are at least average or better. And I think three of them are plus or better. So the fastball, 60-grade fastball, sits 94, touches 97, has about 17 inches of vertical break. The life on the pitch isn't necessarily that great. It's successful because of the break and because of the velocity, more so than the actual movement of the pitch. But... That is there to help set up a slider, 70-grade slider. Absolutely fantastic. Sits in the low 80s, has good depth and a ton of horizontal break to it, and spin rates that are like above 3,000 RPMs. This is a fantastic slider. Best one in the system, one of the better sliders in the entire minor leagues. To go along with that, he has a plus changeup. Sits in the mid-80s. Uh, has good drop to it. He he has good control of it, spotting it where he wants to. And it gets like 40-something percent swing and miss. Guys just look foolish off of this changeup. Uh, he rounds out the arsenal with a curveball in the upper 70s. It's kind of average. 
but you know it doesn't really move as much as the you know as some of the other pitches or get as good of results. But the whole idea is here: he has four pitches that are legitimate MLB offerings. Controls above average. He's got really good natural, like really good athleticism, and then everything kind of works downhill. Higher release point off a six-two frame, so works out really well. Controls should be above average as he gets to the bigs. So this is something where he could be a fast mover. You saw what he did at age 19, but I think kind of given the track record of what's happened with some of these pitchers in this system, Casey Mize out right now with Tommy John, it feels like they're probably going to take it a little bit slower with him. He'll probably go back to high A to start 2023. He only got in three games there, 15 innings. Look good, 1-1-5 ERA. But probably going to send him back there and monitor the workload throughout the season. Like I said, he hit 77 innings last year, and that's it. So you'd want you'd not want to jump that more than about 20 or 30 percent. You're looking at you know 90-ish to 100 innings. Number two prospect in the system, uh, second baseman Jace Young, 2022 first rounder out of Texas Tech. I think he's around six foot 205 or so. Got in 30 games in high A after getting drafted last year. 231, 373, 333. One home run, eight extra base hits, 25 walks to 28 strikeouts, and one for one on stolen bases. Kind of small sample size. Not necessarily too worried about that because coming off of a long college season, I get it. Uh, The things to know here, one, defensively, none of those are carrying tools. Probably a below average speed which means his range isn't great at second base. The arm is average. The arm's good enough at second base, and he can do all of the, like, the hands are good enough to make the transfers, to turn double plays, and things like that. But again, range is a little bit hurt, which impacts you now that you're not going to have a shift. And so he's not going to be carried by that. What's going to carry him is the on base. So in college, He walked 20% of the time. He struck out 16% of the time. So he walked more than he struck out. And you saw in that small sample in high A, 25 walks to 28 strikeouts. So his on-base ability is pretty good. And I think that's ultimately what's going to bring uh, bring him to an above average hit tool. It's a very unusual kind of awkward, funky setup in the box. But it works. Uh, he can show the power to all fields, but he really, it, it, it's kind of like, an, like a throwback approach. Him and his brother both do this. His, his brother, uh, you know, Rangers prospect, but um, going to be the starting third baseman this year. But uh, one of those where he, he hits, he hits, he does what he can with the pitch that you give him. It's a very old school approach, but it works. The power, I think, could be plus, but I'd probably end up making it as an above average. Uh, just kind of where we're going to end up being there. So, uh, good baseball IQ, good plate discipline, as judging by the walks. Hitting ability is good. The power potential is above average to plus, something like that. He's going to get on base consistently. He's going to be a decent performer, but he has to be good offensively because, again, the defense isn't great. Uh, the number three and four prospects in this system to me are both third basemen. So third baseman Colt Keith is the first one. 2025th rounder out of high school, 6'2", 225. Got in 48 games last year in high A. 
301-375-44. Very healthy slash line. Uh, nine home runs, 26 extra base hits, 22 walks to 42 strikeouts, and four or four on, sho- on stolen bases. Had a shoulder injury in June, took out the rest of his year. He did make it to the Arizona Fall League. Um, so that was nice. Ended up like fifth in the AFL. On-base percentage was something like 463, and his OPS was over 1,000. So uh, looking at first defensively, get this out of the way. Above average speed, the arm is probably a plus arm. He was a a right-handed pitcher as well in high school. So there you go. He's already moved a lot in the minors from shortstop to third base. He's probably going to end up being your third baseman. The speed is fringe to average 45 or so. And so the range is not going to be what you need at short. He's also filled the frame out a little bit. He was listed at like 211. He's actually closer to 230 than 211. I think I said 225. Last time I saw him, that's kind of where I guesstimated it to be. But yeah, so he got better last year with the power because of putting on that weight. So that's the plus side of putting on that weight. And then he has very good contact ability. I probably would rate him a 55 on a hit tool and then give him average to a potentially above average power. It's just a matter of how much does he continue to grow that as he continues to physically mature. Again, he was just 20 last year in high A where he spent, again, half the season before getting injured. I would expect him to probably start off in double A in 2023. The other guy competing with him, third baseman Peyton Graham, 2022 second rounder out of Oklahoma. Got in 27 low-A games after the draft. 270, 345, 370. One home run, seven extra base hits. 10 walks to 29 strikeouts and seven of eight on stolen bases. I say third base. He could stick at shortstop. Um, he's, he's, he's played some of both. But uh, the, the speed's above average. The arm's above average. I don't think he would be better necessarily than probably average at shortstop. But between college and the pros, he's already played just about everywhere in the infield. And so I think, depending on how the offense works for everybody, he may end up being your super utility guy who can play short and third and second and probably first base and get four starts a week uh, if if everybody pans out and you have to figure out where to place guys. Um, One of the big questions I have is how is his power from college going to translate to the big. So again, 6'3", 185. He's just like a tall, skinny dude. Uh, Broke 20 home runs in college. Was also like 34 or 36 on stolen bases. But I don't know how well that's going to translate to to the wood bat. When you saw him in his brief time in low A Lakeland, the, the average exit velo wasn't that particularly impressive. The top end numbers look good. You know, the max exit velos. But the average exit velo wasn't necessarily fantastic. And so I think more of his power as of now is going to be pull side power than legitimate power to all fields. He's got like, you know, some of the longer levers and things like that, which can help you get leverage on the swing when you're pulling something, but also can give you swing and miss. So there are some questions here as far as is there more physical development to get out of Peyton Graham? I think there is. I think a good strength and conditioning program can get some extra physical development out of him. 
does that help the metal bat power translate to a wood bat? That's the big question. He probably has the bigger question mark on him than Colt Keith does as far as offensively. So, in just a minute, I want to get to the state of the pitching in this system. There's a couple guys to be excited about. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Uh, FanDuel Sportsbook, they are the number one sportsbook in America and our new sports betting partner. If you're new to FanDuel, that's perfectly fine. They have a ton of great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. You can download the FanDuel app now to bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You get up to $3,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. You can bet everything from the money line, point spreads, who will score the first touchdown. You can combine different props, like this group of players will score a touchdown in the game, who will score first, will there be an interception, all of those kind of props. It's a fantastic way to enjoy the Super Bowl if it's not one of your teams in the Super Bowl. Uh, But the great thing is this app, safe, secure, super easy to use, and you can get paid your winnings instantly. Like, soon as the game's over, you can cash out all your bets and take the money. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL and the Locked On Podcast Network. Okay, so looking at the state of the pitching, uh, it's it's really interesting in this system because you have so many guys that you've you've missed on in recent history. You haven't seen a lot of guys get noticeably better in the old player development system under the old regime here. Matt Manning's probably the only real exception. He had trouble throwing strikes. They helped him streamline the delivery, which helped the control. And so I think that this the system has a lot of guys that are underdeveloped and guys that you could see absolutely kind of pick up and make a jump this year if you can get good pitching development in here to make them better. Uh, one of the guys I'm talking about. Okay. Uh, right-hand pitcher Wilmer Flores. Don't confuse him with his brother, Giants infielder Wilmer Flores. I have no idea how their parents kept them separate. But 2020 undrafted free agent out of uh, junior college. And the, probably the whole way the whole thing works, he was here. He enrolled in college because he was visiting his brother. Like he came into the States to visit his brother. Enrolled in college through like 11 innings in that one year and then uh, signed as a free agent after the like after the draft. So again, 2020, we're not worried if a guy's an, a UDFA in 2020 because that just means he could have been a sixth round pick. But 25 games last year, 24 of those were starts between high A and double A. 279 ERA in 103 and a third innings. 130 strikeouts, so 11.3 per nine, to 23 walks, two walks per nine, and 10 home runs allowed. Uh, None of Wilmer Flores' tools are like blow you away fantastic, but they're all solid, like above average. The fastball sits 92 to 94, so not necessarily as much velo as you'd like, but he can run it up to 99. It's got good sync to it. Uh, He can, he, has great control of it. Control as a whole is a plus for Wilmer Flores, but uh, he can he can throw it for a strike about seventy percent of the time, and it's got sinker action, so he can he can get swings and misses. He can also get uh, ground balls with it. 
It's his main uh, ground ball pitch. His go-to that he uses to uh, get guys out is the cutter. It's just about 10 miles an hour slower than that fastball. Uh, It gets more chase and more swing and miss than the fastball. And then the curveball, he's looking to use it more. I can't throw it for strikes as much, but it's an above average pitch as well. Upper 70s to low 80s. He can move it around a bit. Moves 11 to 5. So two plane break on it. Good depth into the plate. Uh, And spin rates 2600 RPM or so. Um, It is the best at swing and miss, like 41% swing and miss but he can't always land it for a strike like he can the fastball or the cutter. So, a little bit of work to do. Again, none of the pitches are uh, like overwhelmingly great. They're, none of them are plus, but they're all above average. And the control is plus. It's very easy to kind of see him as that number four, number five starter that goes out every fifth day, eats five or six innings, strikes out, you know, five guys, induces eight ground balls and gives up maybe two runs. Just very, very easy to see him as a guy that when he's on, that's what his game looks like. He struck out four or five guys in this six innings, but he got a bunch of ground ball outs and maybe gave up a home run here or a couple consecutive doubles here and there. Number four, number five, easy. Right-hand pitcher Ty Madden is a guy that, again, could use, has some fantastic tools, could use a little bit more development. So. 2021 first-rounder supplemental out of Texas. I'm sorry, 2021 first-rounder supplemental out of Texas. I was confused how he was able to throw 26 games in high A and double A if he was a 2022 draft pick. 2021 draft pick. uh, 301 ERA in those 26 games between high A and double A. 122 and two-thirds innings pitched. 133 strikeouts, so 9.7 per nine to 38 walks, 2.8 per nine. Gave up 16 home runs. One of the things that they did, and I I do like that they made this change last year, one of the first things this new player development group was able to do is they messed with his delivery. He was, he he used to have a like over-the-top arm angle. They dropped him down to a three-quarters. And what that did was really kind of help the fastball. The fastball didn't have great shape to it, and it didn't work really well up in the zone when he tried to throw it. From this lower slot, uh, it, it, it's still the same velocity, 93 to 94. It can touch 99, but it's now a plus pitch. It gets a ton of vertical break, like a foot and a half of vertical break. And so it plays better if you throw it up in the zone now than it used to when he was coming straight over the top. Uh, still, still relies on the slider as his main like punchy weapon here. Uh, swing and miss pitch. It's a plus pitch right now. Sits in the mid 80s, about 2,500 RPMs on the spin. It gets two plane break down and away from a righty. And so that's the main put away pitch. It's the fastball setting guys up for the slider. Does have a change up as well. Uh, I'd say it's probably, probably right now a 40 grade or so. It can, but it, but he, he does. He does feel good about it. He just needs to throw it for strikes more often. Sits in the mid to upper 80s. Uh, he also has a curveball, more of a just a straight vertical breaker versus a two-plane break. And he added a cutter recently in the high 80s. I'm excited to see what that cutter can do because I think the cutter could end up being an above-average pitch based on his pitch mix and what he does. 
and could take him to that next level. So uh, questions here will just be, can you, can you get more ability to throw the changeup for a strike? And then what does the cutter look like as you start to integrate that into the mix more? But I like what Ty Madden can do. And he was one of the options I had for the breakout pitcher or breakout prospect in the system. I just haven't seen the cutter myself. So I can't, I, I didn't want to make him the breakout until I saw the cutter and what it looked like. One more pitcher that I'm, that I'm interested in, right-hand pitcher Reese Olsen, 2018 13th rounder out of high school. I've seen that he's not incredibly big. 6'1", 170. Feels a little low, but I can't find anything more updated than that to, to know for sure. 26 games in AA last year. Spent the whole year there. 25 of those were starts. 4-1-4 ERA in 119 and two-thirds innings. 168 strikeouts. He was top 10 in the minors in strikeouts. Not just in this organization. The entire minor leagues with 168. Came out to 12.6 per nine. To 38 walks, 2.86 per nine, 15 home runs allowed. Another one of those guys where nothing is like plus or better, but most of them are at least average. The fastball is a 55 grade, sits in the mid 90s. Uh, command was a little inconsistent in the past. It looked better last year. The walk rate came down significantly. When he was in high A in 21, he walked like four and a half per nine. When he was low A Wisconsin 2019, he walked like four and a half per nine. So a lot better last year with the walks. Uh, The slider, above average. It's one of those sweepers in the low 80s. Really good against righties. He feels really confident in it. He'll throw it against any righty up there. Uh, For lefties, he's got a high 70s curveball. It's below average right now, but it's good enough to get get the left-handed hitters. And then he's got a a above average changeup. Gets good fade to it, induces a lot of ground balls. I think if you can... Get a couple ticks on the fastball as you work on that physical development. I think it's going to take him to the next plane just simply because he doesn't have anything right now that's a plus pitch. And I think the fastball could get there with some more development. And then as we've talked about, I like those sweepy sliders. I just like the movement profile of that. So I think it's a good combo if you can make the fastball a little, little bit easier to blow by somebody. In just a minute, I want to get to the superlatives. Always the best part of any system right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. And we're back. So we're talking about uh, superlatives in this Detroit Tigers system. Uh, and your power tool is only as good as your hit tool is the thing we say on this show all the time. The poster child for that in this system is Virginia Tech product Kerry Carpenter, 2019 19th rounder. Uh, was at junior college, spent one year at Virginia Tech, got drafted. And last year, 98 games in the minors and then 31 games in the big. Still technically a prospect, but yeah, didn't spend 45 days up. So technically still a prospect. Those 98 games in the minors, 313, 380, 645. 30 home runs, 58 extra base hits, again in 98 games. So better than one every other game. 33 walks to 89 strikeouts, 3 of 13 on stolen bases. Strikeout number, not as bad as most guys that win the power tools only as good as your hit tool superlative. Not as bad. Uh, and the thing here is he has plus raw power, but he's prone to chase. I've seen the hit tool graded out as like a 40 degree, uh, things like that. And it kind of bears, 40 degree, 40 grade. And that kind of bears out when you see his MLB numbers. So 31 games again, 252, 310, 485. Six home runs, 
11 extra base hits, 6 walks to 32 strikeouts, no stolen base attempts. His strikeout rate jumped to about 28% in the majors. Growing pains from a young player. Spencer Torkelson had those same growing pains. So did Riley Green. So does a lot of prospects have those same uh, concerns. So something I see here obviously makes sense. Uh, the power is real, though. He His slugging percentage of 645 was the highest in all of minor league baseball. So the power is real. It's just getting it into games. And I think as a left-handed hitter, I think the best role for him is going to be a platoon bat. When you look at what he did against righties and against lefties. Righties, 263, 326, 525. Lefties, 217, 250, 348. To me, because the defense is below average, his speed's fringe to average, his arm is below average, the uh, the defense is going to be below average in left field, probably the best you're going to get. To me, he needs to continue to hit. But, like, that power is real. He's just going to have to make sure he can adjust to, like, not chase as much so that that power can play. And the good thing is, the development here, last year, when he had this great year, again, new player development system starting in 2022, it kind of took him from, like, an organizational player to somebody who you can actually count on. And that is... Like, that is valuable. That is development. Not every prospect is going to become a star, but you took this guy that going into 2022 was in the back half of your top 30 and was considered at best to be organizational depth, and you took him into a guy who could contribute as a strong side platoon bat for a second division team, which is better than what he was when you started. So that is a player development success for the new group of the Tigers. Breakout prospect in this system, and I'm not the only person who's named this guy, but shortstop Christian Santana, 2021 IFA, got in 80 games in low A last year, 215, 379, 366, nine home runs, 22 extra base hits, 54 walks to 88 strikeouts, 10 of 15 on stolen bases. So defensively, above average defender, his arm is average, speed's above average. He could stick at shortstop going forward as long as you can find ways to mitigate the arm. Quick, quick actions. He has to be accurate. He has to have a good internal clock. I think he's going to have that. The question is going to be the physical development. What does that do to him? Uh, Right now, he has very, very good pitch recognition, especially for, I mean, an 18-year-old in full season ball uh, on base of 379. Very good pitch recognition. The swing is a very fluid swing. Gets good hard contact, just doesn't get enough contact. Batting average again of 215 in low A Lakeland. So, um, the, the the exit velo. Max exit velo of 110 last year. And again, the swing has plenty of loft. He just, he needs to physically develop. And then he needs to work on the pitch recognition to make sure he can get that swing into games. He's really good at the... This is a ball versus this is a strike. What he needs to do is get better at this is a strike that I can do damage on versus this is a strike, but I can't make quality contact on this. I need to take it and wait for the next pitch. So that's kind of where you are with Christian Santana. It's going to be a long road 
to figure out where he comes. He is only just now 19 years old, but there is promise there. And I think the pitch recognition is real. He probably has the best plate discipline in the system already. And so I think he has the fundamental tools that he needs to break out this year, especially if the physical development over the offseason gives him uh, a jump in the power potential. Uh, The best outfield defender in this system is Parker Meadows, the younger brother of Austin Meadows. Uh, 2018 second rounder out of high school. Big boy, 6'5", but last I saw, 205. Feels like a little room for physical development there. Got 127 games in last year between high A and double A. Almost all in double A. 113 of these were in double A. 270, 346, 473. 20 home runs, 52 extra base hits, 56 walks to 108 strikeouts, and 17 to 19 on stolen bases. So, defensively, because this is the superlative for best outfield defender, uh, 65 or 70 speed. I've seen conflicting reports and haven't seen official times on him. Fantastic athlete. Very, very good reads, routes, reactions. So when I watch him, I tend to think he's more of a 70 grade speed. Again, with very, very good reads, routes, reactions. His arm is a plus arm. And so he can absolutely, he has that high floor of a plus defender in center field. Very few outfielders can just cover as much ground and run as smoothly as Parker Meadows does. Now, offensively, hasn't quite put it all together yet. The swing is pretty, like, and last year was better. Last year was much better than he'd done in the past. But the swing is a longer swing. He's got above average raw power, but he's just got to fix these mechanical issues. It's such a long swing, it's hard to keep up on velocity, and it's hard to manipulate the bat to cover a breaking pitch that breaks late. You saw some improvement last year when you're looking at his results in like, for instance, high A in 2021, 208, 290, 333. Double A last year, 275, 354, 466. He is getting better. The mechanical changes are coming. He's just not all the way there yet. A little bit more work to do, but I like the potential of Parker Meadows. Another guy who has gone from a high floor, maybe he could be your fourth outfielder defensive replacement type to a guy that you could reasonably project to legitimately get um, second division starting reps on a team. So player development success so far, and that you made him into a usable big leaguer, we just need to continue to have him put it together and get him to the bigs. Fantastic week this week. One more farm preview coming to Kansas City Royals. They graduated a ton of position player prospects last year, and Bobby Witt, and Vinny Pascantino, and MJ Melendez. And now the question is, can you get pitchers to join them? We have a lot of 2018 draftee pitchers who made it to the bigs, but weren't very good. So we're going to talk and we're going to look at how things are going there. In the meantime, if you have questions for the mailbag on Monday, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Show's on Twitter at Locked on Farm. You can email us, prospects at gmail.com, or... Drop your questions in the new Locked On Movie Prospects Discord. Link is in the episode description and link is in the show notes. Until tomorrow's show, this has been Locked On Movie Prospects.